Hello and welcome to the Build-A-Bard Workshop. My name is Stephen. And my name is Simon. We're not experts, but we're here to take you through building a character in Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. We have a list of rules that we work from when building a character which are as follows. We each build a level 5 character using a random race, class and subclass and see what we come up with. The goal is not necessarily to build the most efficient character, but to build an interesting one. We use standard array, standard racial bonuses, and characters start with 100 gold and an uncommon or rare magic item. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, it's making noises. Okay. Brilliant. Come and have a seat. Oh, my bones. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode mm-hmm. of the Build a Bard Workshop, and today we're discussing the... Fire Genasi Storm Herald Barbarian. It's a mouthful. Well, yep. How did you find this build? All right. I I didn't have any of the problems that I had with Ranger. Mm. Yeah, I didn't have anything like the problems I had with the Ranger. I'm going to just say up front, this is more a character that I would find fun to play than an efficient character. There are big holes in the build that I think people will have problems with. Oh, okay. But I think I'm going to get round to saying something that I've been meaning to say about character building. Mm -hmm. But that will emerge once we do rollies and we see who's going first. Right, so you you roll off first. Okay. (laughs) I managed to roll a one. (laughs) I told you. It's not on the surface. That went off. Roll that again. Right, there okay, go. you got a three. You said you'd roll us. We'd both roll threes, but... And we both rolled ones instead. Yeah. The theme for this build was... Steve has recently been playing Breath of the Wild. All right. And Steve has a crush <laughs> on Urbosa from the Gerudo people. So I based this on more of an Arabian Nights feel. I think that's kind of how we've been presented with the Genasi, is because they're linked to the, the genies... Yeah. who are themselves influenced by Arabian myth, etc. So I made a fire Janassi barbarian, mm-hmm. and she is originally... I haven't decided whether he or she... I flipped between the two. Yeah, fair but, enough. You know, whatever. Originally an urchin. Okay. So I wanted someone who was originally an urchin, out on the streets, grew up on the streets, and then was kind of exiled from the town and went off into the desert. And this is what has inspired her development of her firepowers. Yeah. So I'm, even though you can every level change what storm you're using, I kind of like the idea of sticking with fire. So her name is Thermo. Thermo. I didn't choose this. This is what came up (laughs) randomly. And I went, well, I have to keep that. Yeah. Um, I was going to give them a last name that was an anagram of nuclear. And then uh, <laughs> I couldn't come up with a good one. So um, okay. other than thermo-unclear, which, <laughs> which was a bit on the nose, I thought. So personality traits. I bluntly say what other people are hinting at or hiding. Mm-hmm. So this character's very it's like straightforward. Yeah. I think anyone who's nice to me is hiding evil intent, growing up on the streets, etc. Ideals. The lower lifted up and the higher mighty are brought down changes the nature of things. Bonds. I sponsor an orphanage to keep others from enduring what I was forced to endure. This isn't more like a chaotic, neutral, neutral, evil kind of character mm-hmm. that in that sort of realm. But I wanted them to have a redeeming feature because that's what makes bad, quote-unquote, characters interesting. But I think you can also make characters interesting just by putting something in there that you don't expect. Like, mm. 
if you have member of the city watch family man has you know a badge for good service and stuff like that it's like yeah there's hundreds of them boring but if you have you know the the city watch officer who i've wandered into a sentence that i'm not fully prepared to meet <laughs> the end of i guess what i'm thinking of is the idea that with uh the christopher nolan batmans when you first meet harvey dent is mm. kind of he's set up almost as like he is the attorney general in a city full of corrupt people so you're like right he must be corrupt and then as you get into the character it transpires oh shit he actually is a good person and that then makes him interesting in contrast to the other people. Mm. So I think sometimes you can just have the unexpected thing that doesn't fit the pattern, which, mm. like you say, you have all of these things about, like, an urchin, and then you just have, like, no, they sponsor an orphanage. And, yeah, when you have that unexpected moment where you're reading a list of attributes and then someone goes, wait, what? That wait, what moment can be the thing that draws you into a character. So I wanted them to be quite cold, Ironically, I suppose. Yeah. People who can't take care of themselves get what they deserve. Mm. So it's this like one redeeming feature of, yeah, kids are innocent. They don't deserve to end up like me. But I am still who I am and I'm still going to be an absolute badass. So I, I also see them mm. as kind of like an enforcer yeah. for the mob or whatever. So that there they are with their weaponry and stuff. And then when shit hits the fan, out comes the fiery, raging barbarian powers. One of the things I think is interesting about like the archetype of fire, mm. and I'm just to clarify before I get into this, I don't think astrology has foundations in science. No. That's not what I'm saying. But it's quite interesting because there are very specific personality aspects that it attributes to what astrology sees as a fire personality. Mm -hmm. And it can be that kind of when a fire burns, it burns and it keeps going until it's stopped. Yes, so yes, to a yes, certain yes. extent, you, you can kind of apply aspects of that to a person's uh, personality. So mm. you do get that relentlessness to it and that kind of force to a, uh, a fire personality. So Thermo is this... I mean, I'll bring up the obvious. It's kind of Aladdin-esque, but it's more Arabian Nights. So kind of street rat, you know, yeah. that grew up on the streets and then went out into the desert and then came back and was like, yeah, I am one with the desert heat. Mm. So let me just look at my stats. Yeah. I put my 15 in strength. Okay. I put my 14 in dex. put my 12 in con. I put my 13 in intelligence. Mm -hmm. I put my 10 in wisdom and my 8 in charisma. Yeah. So uh, with my feet and ASI and things later on, mm -hmm. that gives me 16 strength, 14 for dex, con and intelligence, a 10 in wisdom and an 8 in charisma. I kind of wanted to go against type. Barbarians don't have to be stupid. If yeah. you actually look at Conan the Barbarian, the actual character in the books, Conan isn't stupid. Yeah. He's rather intelligent. He's just not... No one's going to award him Brains of Britain, perhaps. I think one of the things that, from what I've heard, this is just second-hand knowledge that I've mm. heard from other people discussing it, but the original version of Conan is, it's not exactly calculating, but he does work things out and he does think about what he's doing. Yeah. It's just, it's a more forthright thing. Like There's no diplomacy about it, but there is intelligence and there is there is a planning and there is a sort of purpose. I would say cunning, maybe, is the, yeah, yeah. the, right, the right word for yeah, that. Yeah, cunning's a good word. Cunning. So my saving throws are a plus six in strength, plus two in dex, which you get advantage on on things that you can see while you're not blinded, deafened, or incapacitated. Mm -hmm. Constitution plus five. Wow. That's pretty nice. 
intelligence plus two, wisdom plus zero, which means I am definitely going to have my mind taken over. Yeah, but always a risk for barbarians. Yeah, the thing is, though, even if you had a plus two, you're not proficient in it. You mm. don't get any advantages or anything. I just don't think it's as big a, you know, I don't think there's really any way of combating that. Yeah. Uh, and a minus one to charisma saving throws. So, the racial bonuses are a plus two to con and a plus one to int. And because we're using new traits, legacy stats, I tied all the spells you get as part of being a fire genasi to intelligence. Okay. Which is why I put my 13 in there and which is why I raised that up. Oh, fair enough. So I've got a plus six to athletics. I've got expertise. That will come up. But I've got expertise in intimidation. So it's a plus five, a plus mm. five to nature. Advantage on, wisdom, on perception checks, even though it's a plus zero. And that will come up later. A plus five to sleight of hand. Yeah. A plus five to stealth and a plus three to survival. One thing I wanted to mention is you mentioned uh, intimidation there. Yeah. One homebrew rule that I've heard a lot of people mention is adding your strength modifier to your intimidation checks. Mm -hmm. If somebody is like playing as a barbarian, a lot of the time they suffer from their non-combat abilities and they suffer with non-combat stuff. So a lot of the time it could be a nice sweetener that a DM can give to a barbarian character mm -hmm. is to just, if you want to have like loom over the shopkeeper and imply that they should be giving you a bigger discount, you know, you get to add your strength to that because the stronger you are, the more you're going to be looming yeah, in the, situations. Yeah, the, the larger you'll be overall. Yeah, and I think especially for a barbarian where you have that problem with out-of-combat skills, it can just be a nice thing to do as a DM to just give the barbarian something to do. If you look at the wording of when it says to make checks, it will say dexterity brackets stealth or charisma brackets intimidation. To me, the implication has always been you can use another stat for that check. Oh. It's just that... Because sometimes a feature will say you have double your proficiency bonus when making dexterity brackets stealth checks. Okay. That implies to me, if you want to make that check with another skill, you can, you just don't get the additional bonuses. All right. And I think if you're using creative play, mm. if you're a ranger and you say, I'm proficient in nature checks, but can I use my wisdom modifier instead because this is about, you know, rangery type stuff, knowing what herbs to pull together... I'd be tempted to agree to that a bit more. I think it also encourages creative play. Yeah. I took a feat at level four. Mm -hmm. My feat was the slasher feat. Ah, so similar to last week's piercer. piercer. Yeah, that's because there's very few that add a plus one strength. Yeah, mm. I've had this problem before doing builds where mm -hmm. I've had to go and Google a list of half feats to find out what I can uh, add. Yeah. It's a pain. Let's get to the actions and mechanics, because I think this is where this one stands out. Okay. I have taken four levels of Barbarian mm -hmm. and one of Rogue. Ooh, all right. Now, my equipment is a shield, because you can still rage with a shield. Yeah. Which gives me an armor class of 16. You still get your... I can't remember what it's called on Barbarians, but the thing where you get your Unarmed. bonus... Yeah, you still get that with a shield. Yes. Unlike monks. Unlike monks. Because those are two different things. Mm. Monks can't use a shield, but they also get key points yeah. and things. So, you know, Conan's wielded a shield before with a sword in one hand, a shield yeah. in the other. And um, if you look at a lot of the uh, historical sources for when they were fighting tribes people, a lot of them were like, yep, yeah, here's my trousers, here's my shield, here's my sword. 
I'm away. Yeah. Sometimes I wouldn't even bother with the trousers, you know, knob <laughs> out, shield out, sword out. Yeah. So I took a scimitar and a shield so that my scimitar is 1d6 plus 3. I can reckless attack mm-hmm. and give myself sneak attack for every single attack. Oh, wow. Can I just check? Because I'm pretty sure sneak attack is once per... It is once per round. Once per round. Yes, it's definitely yeah. once per round. But you can give yourself the opportunity for sneak attack, I suppose I should say. Yeah. You can give yourself the opportunity for sneak attack every round. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also, I've got an armor class of 16. I've got 48 hit points. Yeah. At level 5. That's a big thing. I recommended to one of my friends that they play a barbarian in their first game and then regretted it because it was very low level and mm-hmm. they immediately ran out of rages and then they were a character with bugger all armor class <laughs> and no no damage immunity. So, you know, it is important to have a good armor class as a barbarian because you are occasionally going to be in situations where you're going to need it. So, there is some shenanigans here. Okay. You can only use reckless attack on melee weapon attacks using strength. Okay. But you can only get sneak attack on finesse weapons. Right. The wording for finesse weapons is can use dex. You do not have to use dex. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. So a scimitar is a finesse weapon, Mm -hmm. is 1d6. I can add sneak attack to that. And then as my bonus action, the thing I really love, actually, about this is that you can just go, yep, everyone is taking damage. My bonus action, every round, someone takes two to three damage. Every round. I'd like to see a Crawford ruling. I wouldn't like to advise people that they can do that without a Crawford ruling saying that you can do it. Okay, I'm going to look up now. Sneak attack... I'm not saying you can't, because as I've said many times, I don't understand the rules as clearly as you do. I just, I'd hate to say it's a thing that can be done. And then to have like a big Jeremy Crawford tweet saying, no, you can't. Mike Miles, they can use strength if I recall correctly. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, as long as it's a finesse or ranged weapon. All right. And I also took hand axes, which deal slashing damage. And they're a ranged weapon. So if you use them as a ranged weapon, mm-hmm. this one I would check. I'm not so sure Sneak on this. Sneak attack is finesse or ranged weapons. Yeah. It says light and thrown. Yeah. It doesn't have the ranged property. Yes. So I don't think you can with a hand axe. Prize that doesn't. was the thing that I was thinking is because it says ranged property, but it's not ranged, it's thrown. Yes, exactly. Axe. I'm just going to quickly look at sneak attack just to make sure that we've got this right. Yeah. Still, it benefits from the slasher perk, which is why I've got hand axes. So even if it doesn't yeah. benefit from sneak attack, when you do have two attacks, throw one axe and then sneak attack with the other. Yeah. Yeah. And it does use strength so you can reckless it. The Barbarian Rogue is... It's actually a very powerful build. I know... I don't know if you've seen it, but Critical Role's Talus and Jaffe mm-hmm. did a rogue barbarian build that was the Owl Bear, which is just a straight up Batman parody. I've heard of this, yeah. Yeah. This is uh, apparently it's a no. Okay. So thrown weapons don't count for sneak attack damage, which is weird because I'm sure I've seen a lot of people that have had sneak attack on thrown daggers. Or is that because a thrown dagger has finesse? It's probably finesse. Okay, so a ranged weapon is under either of the headings in the weapon table that says ranged weapons. So either simple or martial. 
Okay. So you would not be able to do it. However, you could take... I didn't take Piercer, because I took it last week. You could take Piercer and have a rapier in one hand and use mm. daggers if you wanted to do that. That is a weirdness with the format that we've got, is that sometimes you can think, oh, that would be a fantastic perk to take, and then you think, yeah, but I did that last week. <laughs> and even even if it's a good choice for the character... I was going to do it anyway, but I couldn't find a single Middle Eastern weapon that was <laughs> anywhere close to a rapier. Oh, fair enough. So I decided, no, I, I wasn't going to be that guy. So it's, it's not if it has a range, it's if it's a ranged weapon under the ranged weapons ah. thing. Yeah, there's very few weapons with a range that do slashing damage. In fact, there is one. <laughs> <laughs> it is the hand axe, I think. Mm. That's well, the one. Yeah, anyway. The shenanigans is, I run in, mm-hmm. I go, reckless attack. I've given myself advantage. I attack, I have sneak attack, plus rage bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that we're, when you combine like the barbarian's reckless attack with the sneak attack, it's literally it's just you leap at them, like grab their head and just like stab yeah, yeah, yeah. their neck or something. Cause yeah. You always think of the rogue sneak attack as like you, you dodge under their arm and then you take like a little jab under the arms yeah, yeah, or yeah. underneath, you know, underneath the folds in the armor or something like that. Whereas because it's a reckless attack, you literally just launch yourself at them, go straight for the critical point, like the neck or the, mm. you know, the temple or whatever. Just without any regard to sort of blocking your own... Oh, for me, it's that you've just gone, ah, with your hands up in the air, and they've thrown their hands up in the air, and you just go, in the the spot. You're attributing a level of uh, finesse and panache to this character I don't think they're quite capable of. So this is my weird trick for the build, is that you can use Sneak Attack with Barbarian's Mm -hmm. Rage. I don't think you need any DM permission for any of this. You might need to look up that Mike Merle's tweet to just go, it's there, you can do that, that is allowed. So it's not so much a DM permission as sort of, if your DM's a rules is written person, you might have to clarify that it does work rules is written. It does work rules as written. It does work rules as written. I went all around the houses. I was going to add two levels of War Mage at one point. War Mage? Oh, as in Wizard, Wizard War-, War Mage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to add two levels of War Mage because you can get a free plus two bonus to your AC. Mm. And it's at will. I didn't realise this. It's at will. It, admittedly, it's a reaction. And once you've used your reaction, you don't get it again. And I don't think it's like Shield where it lasts until the end of your next turn. I might be wrong on that. But it's a useful little feature to have. And yeah. I thought you can also do some cool stuff with like cantrips and things that's really good if you're a war mage because then you're getting like mini shield without having to use up a spell slot which that's huge for mages i don't think they get proficiency in armors though we'll talk about that later that's part of the discussion features and traits any racial features i'm using not really Mm -hmm. other than the fact that they're fiery and i use the fire heraldry there should be one thing that you used, which I'm just going to look up. Your Storm Aura. Yeah, the Storm Aura is awesome. Yeah. I know lots of people don't like it, and I know that it relies on a certain playstyle, and I also know it doesn't work at my table, mm. because I tend not to use lots and lots of enemies. However, if you're in the right setting, your Barbarian, every turn, can just get in the thick of it, whilst everyone else sits back and casts spells and shoots arrows, and every turn... Everyone takes two damage. There's no save. There's no save. There's no... um, Yeah. At level five in the class, it'll be uh, three damage. Mm. But at this one, two damage every turn. Yeah. The C one forces someone to make a dexterity saving throw, and they take an equivalent amount of damage 
and can be knocked prone or something. Mm-hmm. Can't really quite remember. The Tundra one just heals people. It just gives them two temporary hit points. Yeah. Every round. That's pretty good if you've got a, f- a fight that's going on mm-hmm. for a bit. I tried to see whether you could combine this with life domain or light domain or any of the other things that heal. I think there is something you might be able to do with Star's Druid, but I couldn't quite work it out so that you get more healing, but it is that. Some people would say that this is a paltry amount of damage. Searing Smite turns people on fire. Yeah. It's an action for them to put it out. This guarantees that they're on fire every round. Mm. And if you're fighting minions, as in you're using that minion rule where they only have one hit point, you walk in and you just obliterate everything, and you Mm. go, okay, that thing isn't a minion, chop it up. You've got a bonus action attack. Really, this is actually a level 6 build. I just took the level of rogue to show what I wanted to do. It would be much better off if you took the second attack. It's not really efficient. But I wanted to bring it up. It's an interesting little one. At this point, we've got three rages, though. Mm-hmm. Which, like I say, that can be one of the huge limitations of Barbarians to start with, is when you're playing at earlier levels and you haven't got that many rages and you don't get any of them back on a short rest... Mm-hmm. I really feel that there should be something, either a subclass or especially at levels, I don't know, because at levels 10 plus you've got enough rages to kind of last you for the day. Yeah. But I I do kind of feel like there should be something where you should get one rage back on a short rest or something like that. You know, when Tasha's Cauldron Mm. of Bullshit added all of those extra things, (laughs) there should have been something like that for Barbarians, because I I really feel like Barbarians should get something back on a short rest, because they are a long rest character, aren't they? There is uh, an additional thing that Mm -hmm. you can take from Xanath. No, I think it's Tasha's. It's a seventh level feature from Tasha's called Instinctive Pounce. Where Mm. when you rage, you can move half your movement. Okay. So when you enter the rage as a bonus action, you can move half your movement. Do you have to take that straight after doing the thing? It's only when you rage. Okay. It's it's when you first rage that turn you rage. So you would have to use your normal movement allowance to move up next to something Mm -hmm. so that hopefully they'll attack you next turn and then you can... So they can attack you on their turn and then you'll get to keep your rage going. One of the things I did want to point out is that one of the reasons for taking this level of rogue Mm. is that your rage allows you to deal damage in a 10-foot aura. Yeah. Quote-unquote aura. It's not actually an aura. When you've run out of rages, you've run out of that. Yeah. But you haven't run out of bonus actions. You can still dodge... Is it dodge? No, it's hide, dash, disengage. Mm. As a rogue. So he can attack someone and then disengage and go on to someone else. Yeah. And maybe free that up so that the paladin can come in and get advantage, or the fighter, or whoever. Yeah. So, Burning Hands, mm-hmm. as well. He's actually got a pretty decent intelligence score. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's plus two, so it works out at like an 11, I think, if I go to my spells. Mm. It doesn't even say. It just says dex 13. So, yes, 13. That's not bad. Yeah. 13 for a dex save. You've got it once a day. 3d6. Takes out some mooks. Yeah. And you can do that. Then you can rage. <laughs> it's good because, I mean, 3d6 is... That's better than, like, a lot of the Dragon's Breath attacks. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, Flame Blade, though, I'm really lost as to what to do with that. Because the only thing I could think is... 
put your scimitar away and use that instead. It's concentration. You can't concentrate when you're raging. Yeah. And, and it doesn't count as a finesse weapon, so you can't use sneak attack with it. And it's a bonus action, action, so you can't rage on the same turn. Nope. Yeah. I it, think that... if you've run out of rages, yeah. if you've been disarmed... I know, I know this comes up a lot where we say, like, if you're in prison or if you're on the run or whatever. But if you've been mm. disarmed, like, hey, at least I've got something. But I think it's more likely that you would have run out of rages for the day so you can use your flame blade mm-hmm. as a bonus action instead of a rage. It's a bonus action to cast, but I think it's an action... Yeah, you can use action to make a melee spell attack. Mm. And it's not using your strength, you wouldn't get any rage modifiers, because you can't rage. Mm. So I think it's your backup of backups. Yeah. And in this build, the rogue is the backup for the barbarian. Mm. But I just really like the idea of my rage is so powerful, it comes out like literally, <laughs> you know. I, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. We'll talk about this in general discussion and things, I think. But I would really like that aura to grow it stays at 10 foot even up to level 20 and i just don't think it's good enough yeah and at that point at level 20 you could just how does how do, does the damage uh, the damage of the aura scales slightly doesn't yes, it yes it's equivalent to proficiency bonus of barbarian levels okay roughly it's that's roughly so it goes up to three at level five. It goes up to four at level... I can't remember the top of my head. Is it 11? That's, that it goes up again? Know. But yeah, it, that's that's when it goes up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a lot of damage, but I mean, it is there, it's, I guess. I mean, I wish it was more... I think if you were fighting against like a swarm... Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like I think in fourth edition there was those are swarm rules or something. Right, right, right. Um, actually, I might be thinking of Warhammer. I think you are actually. Yeah, I'm just using swarm as in sort of like you yeah. have lots of goblins that have low health points, but because you're surrounded by lots of things that have actions, that can be its own kind of threat. Yeah, yeah. So if you had that, you know, you're doing damage to everything. So we've had discussions before where we've said like. A D4 of extra damage doesn't seem like a lot unless you're talking about a monk where you're adding a D4 to every attack and you've got four attacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, in this yeah, case, yeah. you're only doing two damage to each enemy. But if you're completely surrounded by enemies, you're doing two points of damage to everything and that adds up yes. in terms of how much damage you're putting out in a round. That's what you've got to consider, though. Mm. Versus lots of enemies, Yeah. if you're surrounded by nine enemies... You're doing 18 points of damage a turn for free without a save. It would be three, actually, if you took this to level five. Hmm. That's 27 damage. That's nothing to be sneezed at. Yeah. There's very few bonus actions you can use to get 27 damage. Yeah. And to that many opponents as well. (laughs) We'll talk about that. I like this character. Yeah. Like, I really, really do like this character. Inventory. I bought Thieves Tools. Mm Mm-hmm. That's one thing about 5th edition is you don't have to be a rogue to use Thieves' Tools. No, you don't. Anyone can use it. I took Sentinel Shield as my magic item. Nice. So that I get advantage on my perception checks, and I also get advantage on my initiative checks. And that's good because then that means you're more likely to be able to manoeuvre yourself in a good position early on. Yeah, exactly. So... I do kind of see that my choices are, quote-unquote, making up for the failings of the build. But I would play this character 
Mm-hmm. Especially if I knew I was going to fight a whole horde of goblins and I could get surrounded by nine goblins and yeah. do three points of damage to each of them. Well, your favourite trick, Polon Master, if they try to run away from your aura, you get an opportunity attack when they leave your range. So if they try to oh, run, right. yeah, yeah, if they yeah, try yeah. to run away from you, if you had like Sentinel and Polearm Master, they try to run. Se- yeah, you would just tr- need Sentinel, but yeah. with a Polearm, yeah. Well, yeah, Sentinel. Okay, yeah, Sentinel with a Polearm. But then it's like as soon as they try and leave your uh, range, you're like, no, come back here. <laughs> Again, it's a ten foot radius. So if you're actually surrounded, you could be surrounded by more than nine enemies. If you're surrounded by the full thirteen, yeah, roughly that you would be covering, that's. 13 times 3... 39 points of damage? Yeah. That's a very situational... Sort very of, situational. Very situational very thing. But it's pointing towards an idea with the character, which is that this thing where you think, oh, it's, it's two points. It's like, if you're clever about it, there's going to be situations where those two points could apply to a lot of enemies. Where, where it stops being two points. Yeah. Where it becomes 27 points, 39 points, etc. Yeah. Also, you could take the shield master feat. Mm-hmm. And use your bonus action to knock people prone. You know, if you if you think that's more useful, um, there's nothing wrong with having another option. And like, if I'm surrounded by enemies, I tell them to fuck off. I think that's kind of cool. There is an interaction I've just thought of, and it might I might be wrong on this. The sleep spell. Yes. There's no save for it, and you cast it on a group of enemies based on how many hit points they have remaining. Yeah. So if you've knocked two hit points off all, all of, of the, the enemies whoa, around yeah. you. Yeah. That's a wombo combo, that is. You would have to get away quickly, because the idea is then somebody else would have to cast sleep on them. But if your rage goes off again, that then wakes everyone up. No, no, it's a choice to use the the fiery aura. aura Oh, okay. It's a choice. It's not automatic. That's what I'm saying. If you really want, you could take two scimitars Mm -hmm. and have your offhand attack. You could take shield master and knock some one person prone. Mm Mm-hmm. And not do the aura because you're fighting one-on-one with someone. And then when it comes up, you go, well, bitches. Yeah. And also, it does go off automatically when you first rage. Okay. So there is nothing stopping you from... You rage as your bonus action and the thing goes off. As your action, you attack someone Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really matter. And then the person puts them all to sleep. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of, like, situations where taking two hit points off everyone, you know, having that, like, 30-whatever total hit points that you have removed from a group of enemies. I'm trying to think of a thing where that would be useful. And in a situation like sleep, where that works off how many hit points the enemies have. When you've given sleep, say, let's take four enemies, Mm -hmm. because that's more likely. You take two hit points off all of them. You've added plus eight to sleep. (laughs) That becomes a really deadly combo. <laughs> like a really nasty one. Oh, I'm pleased I've finally come up with one. Oh, that's great. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you come up with stuff all the time. Don't be silly. So my weird trick for my build isn't one I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, just as a parting note, I think you would be totally justified taking Rogue first. I didn't because it didn't make much of a difference. But if yeah. you wanted to take Rogue first for slightly more skills and slightly more expertise people at home can i just didn't think i could justify it enough for this i don't think you would have shouted at me or anything you would have gone i suppose but i think unless you've got a really really good use case for it it's best avoided i think is what we we agreed yeah yeah so i didn't think it was a good enough reason i don't think you'd have been upset about it unless you can do something spectacular with it yeah so that's why that's why i didn't fair enough important to remember that your rage bonus adds to every attack Hmm. and your rage bonus is 
approximately with your proficiency bonus, I think. Hmm. So, yeah, plus two melee damage with my scimitar. So a scimitar attack stops being 1d6 plus three. And when you add sneak attacks, when you add <laughs> sneak attack is 2d6 plus five. Sneak attacks. Yeah. A little bit of sneak attacks. A little bit of sneak attacks. I think I've got that. I have to ring up the doctor. Why don't you do your one? Oh, God. Why don't, why don't I start on mine? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, name I've got Bartog Emberborn. I've no idea where Bartog came from. So, 15 in Constitution. So, that comes up to 16. I don't think I went with Legacy Stats. That's fine. Plus one in Constitution and plus two in Strength. Okay. So put the 15 in Constitution, 14 in Strength. So you end up with a 16 in both. 13 in Wisdom. Okay. Dexterity of 12, Charisma of 10, Intelligence of 8. So this is uh, a himbo. This poor boy is not doing well. So this gives him a total of 16 Strength. Yeah. 12 decks, uh-huh. 16 con, minus 1, so 8 intelligence, 13 wisdom, 10 charisma. Okay. Advantage on deck saving throws, which kind of makes up for the fact it's only a plus 1 in decks. Skills, acrobatics plus 4, plus 6 athletics, nice. plus 3 intimidation, plus 4 perception, Plus three performance. I don't quite know where that's come from. Background? Probably the background. And there's there's just a bunch of ones and minus ones for everything else. Mm-hmm. The backstory that I've got for them, mm. if we go to the description section, is Gladiator. Ah, I can tell you why it has performance. Because mm-hmm. Gladiator is a sub, quote-unquote, background of Entertainer. Yeah. So, oh shit, I haven't filled in any personality traits or flaws. Now just go to the builder and say, say what you'd pick. Okay. Oh, God, it's all of Bodron's background stuff that I've got to choose from. Uh, Right, okay, so... Oh, right, so like I was saying before about the sort of astrology idea of fire personality traits, I'm just choosing things that are sort of typically fire traits. So I've got, I'm bitter if I'm not the centre of attention. I change my mood or my mind as quickly as I change key in a song. Ideals, let's have a look. Creativity is more of a water trait, but it can be a fire trait. I'm saying this because I used to be interested in astrology stuff as a a teenager. Mm. Yeah, I want to be famous, whatever it takes. And flaws. I have trouble keeping my true feelings hidden. My sharp tongue lands me in trouble. I think I'll go for that. Yeah. So what I was saying about barbarians before is I have a problem with the fact that you only have a certain number of rages per day. Yeah. It's based on a long rest. Yeah. Your rage can drop if you don't attack or take damage, Mm -hmm. I think that is. So there's a lot of situations when you'll be a barbarian and you'll just be like, oh shit, I've run out of everything. So this character is a barbarian level three and a druid level two. Mm -hmm. That is why I took wisdom as the key stat. The reason for that is because I went to level two. It's level one you choose what circle you are, isn't it? Or is level, it level two. Level two, right. Yes. That'll be why I took it to level two, so that I could take Circle of Wildfire. Yeah, I did look at this myself. Which, this suits the Fire Genasi more than it suits the Barbarian. It's hey, mostly because when you run out of your rages, mm-hmm. you're like, oh no, I don't have rages anymore. Wild Shape. So because your Circle of... Wildfire. Circle of Wildfire. You get to summon your Wildfire Spirit, mm-hmm. which in Critical Role has been Mister, mm-hmm. which 
hasn't seen a lot of use because I think Ashley is... I don't want to imply that she doesn't know the rules because I think she does know the rules and she's employing them very, very well. But I think she's running into the conflict that we've had for the last couple of weeks, which is, oh shit, what do I do with my my bonus bonus action? action. All right. And so because of that, I think a lot of the time this, the wildfire spirit hasn't been coming out because she's had other things to do with her bonus action. So yeah, the wildfire spirit you can summon using your wild, wild shape. shape and you have another two uses of that. So whereas you have your three three rages mm-hmm. and two uses of wild shape. So that's, you know, I can turn into a wild shape creature or I can summon the wild shape spirit. Um, I may have misspoken. I, it's not quite proficiency bonus times a day. It's slightly odd. It, it ends up being pretty much proficiency bonus times a day but it's not perfectly aligned. Oh, I've got the full rules there. Oh, there we go. Once you have raged, the number of times shown for your barbarian level in the rages column of the barbarian table you must fit. So it just says you have to look at the table. Yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. say what it's calculated from. It's not calculated from anything. Yeah, so it's just in the table. But it's interesting that you took yours to level four and you've got three and I only, I'm only i only at level three and I've still got three. So it's not a one-to-one level it's not, thing. No, no, no. So... I've also got the Desert Storm Aura, which is two fire damage mm-hmm. each. What I was saying with the Wildfire Spirit, there's a couple of interesting things that you can do with it. And I think because this is sort of specific to the build I've chosen, you've got kind of similar to the Artificer's um, Steel Defender. It gives you another body on the field that you're yeah, commanding really. with your bonus action, which is quite nice. You've got the Flame Seed, so you can have them attacking as a ranged attack. You've also got Fiery Teleportation. Which is really cool. The spirit and each willing creature of your choice within five foot of it teleport up to 15 foot to unoccupied spaces you can see. Each creature within five feet of the space that the spirit left must succeed on a deck saving throw or take 1d6 plus 3 fire damage. So it's not only an AoE fire attack, Mm -hmm. it is also a mini teleport and each willing creature of your choice within five foot of it. Yes, that's up to nine. Yeah. So if everybody crowds around the wildfire spirit, I know it's only 15 foot, but that could be 15 foot up. 15 foot isn't anything to be sneezed at. Yeah, that that could be like 15 foot up to the next level, which means that any of the mooks that are around the bottom have to have a climb speed or a fly speed to get up to you. 15 foot ravine that not everyone can jump across. Mm-hmm. Bloop. Yeah, that is pretty useful and... That's not a limited number of times per day. It's a shorter range teleport, but you can do that as many times as you can command your wildfire spirit to do that. It's infinite. Yeah. So part of the reason that I took the druid was just because I wanted more things that I can do when the rage runs out. Yeah, I think that's sensible. And falling into that is also the fact that you've got your spells. Mm -hmm. So I've got control flames has got some interesting uses, but it's also got some interesting uses uses with the produce flame. Oh no, is it produce flame that you get from... Uh, yes. Con- yeah, produce flame that you get as a Genasi, mm-hmm. which is, if you've played Dark Souls, the Pyromancer, where you summon a ball of fire in your hand and then if you want, you can chuck it at someone or it can give you, is it 10 foot light? Approximately that, yeah. Yeah, I think it gives you... The flame sheds bright light in a 10 foot radius and dim light and for an additional, additional 10, 10 feet. Nice. Yeah. So that's pretty good as just like a little flame that you can produce whenever you want as a cantrip. But I also took the control flames mm-hmm. spell 
Ah, no, I didn't spot this. You choose non-magical flame that you can see. So you can't affect your summoned flame because it's magical so, flame. No. Yeah. So They're still useful to have, though. That's a bit of a waste of a cantrip, but you're more in control of fire. You've also got guidance just because that's a good one to have for out-of-combat stuff. So I've also got absorb elements. Nice. I didn't realise true. It's got that. Yeah. You've got burning hands. I think that's Tasha's bullshit adds that as an option. Burning hands, one free use, and then a use of that using your spell slots, mm-hmm. which you have spell slots now as a druid. I love that it's on there three times. Yeah, it's on there three times because you get it from Reach from the Blaze, one use, and then it's on there because it, you it's get it. Pop- as a, you always know it because your circle of wildfire. Yeah. So it's listed on your spells three times. <laughs> I took Cure Wounds, which is interesting because you were saying about is there any way of healing as that character? So yes, it takes an action. It's not particularly optimal, but it's there if you need it and you're not raging. Fairy Fire, which is always a nice one, and Healing Word, so that Healing Word's not a great one to have because, again, it uses your bonus action and you might want to use that for... I don't think we specifically said you can't cast spells while raging. I think I said it yeah. halfway through something else, though. Yeah, uh, and then you've got Flame Blade at second level. But it just gives you, again, if your DM accidentally draws out the combat too long or you go too many combats without having a long rest you've got more things that you can do. The problem that I've always had looking at a barbarian is like, once your rages are gone, they're gone. That's why I added rogue. Yeah. My item that I chose for my inventory was a plus one shield, mm-hmm. which has given me 17 armor class. It's pretty, starting. It's pretty bulky. So that's, that's pretty chunky, yeah. If I'd just been concentrating on making this a straight down the line barbarian... Mm-hmm. You could have taken that 13 and you could have worked that into decks using some of the bonuses. You could possibly have had another plus in your dexterity, which would be another plus to your armor class. If you were concentrating on that sort of thing, you could possibly have gotten more out of the armor class. But I just wanted more options rather than more onto the the barbarian. Is there any way to get green flame blade on a druid? I'm pretty sure that is one of the options. Let me just have a look in managing my spells. I'm not seeing it on the list for druids, but I mean, you could take like magic initiate. Yeah. Let me just see if Tash has added it. No, they did not. Okay. They should have. Green flame blade belongs on, on druids, I think. Yeah. Circle no, of Wildfire, I can definitely it. see an argument for them. They should have got Firebolt as well. Yeah, it, One it, it would two. make sense. It yeah. makes sense. Can I ask then, what is the Wildfire spirit for your barbarian, for uh, Bartog? I don't know. I mean... A tiny bear. I've just noticed I've left my size as small, because you can choose the size of this. The initial idea that I had for this was just to make Mr. From Critical Role. So right, just right. to have like a tiny barbarian who's basically like a, a fire spirit. Right, 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 right. But yeah, I, c- I can imagine it, it would sort of be just a little vaguely human-shaped uh, sort okay. of fire spirit. One moment. What size can it be? Wildfire spirit is... Small. Oh, it is always small. Can you, is it enlarge reduce on there? <laughs> <laughs> enlarge reduce I don't think is on the, the druid spell list. Oh, come on. Ah, that's why I've got a couple of different proficiencies. When you reach third level, and again at tenth level, you gain proficiency in one skill of your choice yeah. from the list of skills available to barbarians at first level. I chose perception, just because that's usually quite useful. That's Atasha's extra option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, Take them. They're free. Yeah, I always think, uh, I think I said on one of the previous episodes, there's some of them where it gives you alternative options, which like with the Ranger... You should take. You should usually take, but it does replace one of the default features. Yeah. If it says it's an extra option, you get that. It's it, just it gratis. Doesn't, it doesn't replace anything. You may as well take it. Yeah. Ranger, you should take them mm-hmm. because they fix the Ranger. <laughs> yeah, they're there as kind of a patch you can go back and forth on whether you should take favoured enemy or favoured foe. And I, I think there's and... specific circumstances where you'd argue, like the ranger that you built was, I think they were all about hunting aberrations. So it made sense to have them have a fixed favorite, kind yeah, of favoured yeah, 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 foe. Yeah. But I think most of the time it's probably going to yeah. be the, the Tasha's option is going to be the better option. Also, if you are choosing to use Hunter's Mark, then favoured foe... I think that's the right way around. Favoured foes, 1d4, once per turn is a bit pants. Mm. So f- throw that in the bin. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I really bought anything else spectacular with the money. Mm-hmm. Because they've got the gladiator background, you have to choose an instrument, so I just chose a horn. <laughs> yeah, like warhorn. Yeah, warhorn. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I like it. I've got a battle axe as the weapon, so I've got like a plus one shield. But if I wanted to do a little bit more damage with it, you could just drop the shield mm-hmm. and two-hand the battle axe for a little bit more damage. Oh, you chose battle axe rather than great axe? Yes, because I've got the plus one shield. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that does cause problems, I guess, with casting. Because most of the time it's going to be sort of wielding the shield and raging. Uh, I think the spells for this character are probably going to be more of an out-of-combat thing. yeah. And yeah. if you're using them after you run out of rages, you wouldn't be using the battle axe anyway. Yeah. I've got uh I've got disguise kit and thieves tools. Okay. And my languages are common, primordial, and thieves cant. Ah, okay. I got common, druidic, and infernal. Infernal just cause fire. I mean I chose primordial because they're part elemental. I, I went really yeah, no, that, did, that does make sense. I went really, really uh, basic on this. I've got a couple of wild shapes that I've added in my oh, extras. Oh, nice, 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 nice. So there's, these oh, are sorry. just possibilities for wild shape. You've got your giant fire beetle. <laughs> Spider, as a tiny beast, is always useful. And we know wolf is just incredibly just useful. Just insanely good. I'm only level two, so the challenge rating of the things that I can turn into is not great. It doesn't, well, get, it doesn't get much better for non-moon yeah. druids. So obviously, on top of this, for Wild Shape, you've got your Wildfire Spirit that you can summon as an extra body that's wandering about the battlefield. You can rage as a wolf. Can you? That's interesting. So you could... T- Frodo! Ah! Thank you. I didn't know you could rage as a wolf. Yeah, you can rage. How's that work, then? Because... Do you want to save this for future of the build? Well, no, it's mostly because I have chosen part druid. Let me find the bit. Yeah. You might have to rage and then be a wolf. Because wild shape is an ability, it's not a spell. And then every turn you're a wolf setting people on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Fire wolf. (laughs) Or electric wolf. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Let me read it. Because that's cool. I I didn't know you could do that. And you you get it back on a short rest. Ooh. Oh, hang on. Let's just quickly acknowledge a superpower build here. Yeah. Barbarian, Moon Druid with one level, Barbarian, is a direwolf with rage. Okay. <laughs> ah, yes. Your wild shape resets on short rest. Yeah. So what I was saying before about it would be nice if you had a Barbarian who had stuff on short rest, I've inadvertently done that. So if you get into a situation where you've used up all your rages and you can only get a short rest because your DM has geared the encounter for 
this is one of your encounters per day and unfortunately one of your rages dropped and you had to use another one so you've only got one rage left for the rest of the day you can at least get your wild shapes back on a short rest so that's that's pretty good yeah you retain the benefit of any features from your class race or other source and can use them if the new form is physically capable of doing so would you say a wolf or a fire beetle or a spider is physically capable of raging i think a wolf can get angry yeah well there's a dog here well yeah he's been grumbling all morning yeah. if he could pop a rage and have I'd laugh. damage reduction no i wouldn't laugh the cars yeah, outside, yeah, yeah, that scary. would not be good but, no no yeah. no so yeah i mean i suppose what you could do with your build Hmm. is pop out your wildfire spirit. Yeah. I almost said penis. <laughs> pop out your wildfire spirit. Oh, you could you can choose the form of your wildfire spirit. spirit. Flaming oh, penis. penis. <laughs> Just a nutsack on fire. Yeah, this is going on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Syphiloid, the, uh, the fire genasi wild spirit. Well, depending on how well it is, I mean, you know, you've got calcifer, <laughs> calcified penis, <laughs> calcified flaming penis. Oh my God, you've rescued my incredibly dry intro. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Anyway. I am so pleased you've pointed that out. You, if you popped is... out your wildfire spirit yeah. and then rushed into combat and next turn raged, mm-hmm. you could be attacking and then your wildfire spirit could be teleporting dropping little fire bombs mm. all the way around you you have really good crowd control yeah let's go for a break because I, I need to wake up oh, dear. yeah that's making noises yeah uh, welcome back to both of us well I was talking to the audience oh oh him yeah <laughs> yeah the audience is me that's because we've got editing Simon and we've got audience Steve. Steve. Yeah. Hello, audience <laughs> Steve. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Don't include that. Don't give him a big head. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> let's talk about the individual features here. So Fire Genasi as a race, did you find that like um, inspiring and, and creative? I think it definitely informed a hell of a lot of the choices that I made for the character. Mm-hmm. There's been a couple of builds we've done so far, like the Hobgoblin build. I said I didn't really feel like I made much use of the fact that it was a Hobgoblin. Yeah, well, I think we both I feel that. like almost everything in this has lent in the direction of Fire Genasi, <laughs> which I think that's kind of a balance you've got to do for any race is... D&D has very much been moving towards the sort of less essentialist view of this race is this and everybody acts like that because it's a monoculture and they've been very much trying to move away from that and say you know you can be a fire genasi who is an educator or a sage or a researcher or something. I mean the fire genasi is literally the head of my magic school in in our campaign so. Yeah so that's the, the idea that they're moving towards but I think you can also have a character who just absolutely leans into that. Yeah. Would you have preferred Preferred a different Genasi for the subclass we've chosen because I, you know, like you get shocking grasp, for instance. I think as an air Genasi, so would you have preferred to mix that with the sea or water Genasi with the sea? One of the things I thought was interesting about building the barbarian side of things was that you've got the storm aura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing with that is you've got four different elements associated with that. So the Three, fact. I think- 
uh, three. Yeah. Because you've got that, that works really well with the Janassi side of things. So you can just choose to go with whatever type of Janassi you are. Uh, in this case, we chose fire. So with the Storm Aura thing, mm -hmm. I chose desert for that because it just seemed obvious. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, obviously. Fire Janassi causes fire around them when they rage. Just looking at the options that you have to choose from, you can choose your size, Brilliant. small or medium, which that's great because small, you can move through ally spaces and things like that, can't I you? I think there? you can move through an ally space anyway. Mm. You can hide behind an ally if um, you're small. Yeah, that's just something that I recall from when I was looking through the rules. Do you know what I like about it being small? Mm. Because this now implies less that it's only humans that can be plain touched, quote unquote. Yeah, that's the thing is the whole flair of the Genasi is that it's, you know, a being who is touched by the elemental planes and the, mm -hmm. the influence of the primordials and things like that. So in Call of the Netherdeep, one of the characters is a Genasi who was born to a family of orcs. Oh. But they were born during Storm. So, you know, the implication being it was near a elemental plane of water portal or something like that. I don't know if that's what it actually says. It's just what I inferred from it, I suppose. But there's also, you know, your heritage might have been someone hooked up with an Afriti, mm. for instance. And I like this looser thing where it's not necessarily your parent or grandparent or great-grandparent was diddled mm. by a genie. It's a, it's a little little looser than that. Yeah, because that, that's the subtle implication of things where it's like some of the dragon blood sorcerer origin. Yes, you yeah. have things like that. It's, it, they, you have draconic ancestry, which is when you say such and such has ancestry, it's it's a more subtle way of saying like someone in your ancestry was doing it with that sort of thing. Well, and dragons, I like the idea dragons that, can shapeshift and can look yeah. like humans. Yeah. If you've ever looked up the half ogre mm -hmm. in, I think it's Volos. Might be more than Canaan's, but I think it's Volos. They skirt around the topic of how a human and an ogre could breed. Yeah. And they just say, well, it's obviously very painful, and they just move yeah. on. It's it's very much like the idea of having, like, a Chihuahua-Alsatian cross. You kind of, like, logistically how? Well, it'd have to be a male Chihuahua. You'd have to hold it. But we're not getting into that. Dark Vision? Yes, they, they get Dark Vision. They get fire resistance. Nice. That's because fire is probably the most common damage type you can come think up we against. Have, I don't think we have to say probably. I think it is. It's certainly the one that you're most likely to yeah. encounter of the elemental damage types. So fire resistance is going to be a big one. Again, obviously... If you've got a fire genasi and you've got resistance to fire, your DM is probably going to throw elements other than fire at you if they want to challenge you. The benefit of being a fire genasi is it keeps the DM on their toes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Reach to the blaze, which you said you know the produce flame cantrip, so that answers from earlier. Yeah. Starting at third level, you can cast the burning hand spell. At fifth level, you get flame blade. Once you cast Burning Hands or Flame Blade, you can't cast that spell with it again until you finish a long rest. You can also cast either of those spells using any spell slots you have of the appropriate level. Mm -hmm. So that also works with the Druid aspect of the build that mm -hmm. I've got. And you can choose whether you cast it from Intelligence, Wisdom or Charisma. Yes. So whichever of the mental stats you've chosen to not tank, um, <laughs> you're casting from that. With mine, I left my Wisdom at 13. Mm -hmm. Because 13 is the minimum at which you can multi-class yep. into druid, cleric, ranger. and ranger. A monk. And monk, but I think monk, you need dex as well. Yeah, 13 yeah. and dex. But yeah, you need the 13 
to hit multi-classing. The downside with that is, sorry, if you're doing anything that needs an attack roll or mm-hmm. needs the other person to make a saving throw, it's not going to have a high chance of success because it's only a 13. But at higher levels, when you get other ASIs, you could look to boost your wisdom a little bit. I would actually say to a DM, can I use my spell slot to cast Burning Hands to keep the people from immediately following us? Like, mm. waste the free use and use it as an intimidation check to add advantage or something. Because, mm. I mean, like, you know, even if it's really easy for them to dodge, if they're not in it and you just throw out, you know, a big streaming hand of fire, they might go, hang on a second, boys, we don't want to go down there. Yeah, I, actually, I, I really like that. Because, obviously, if somebody turns around and, like, shoots a massive gout of flame across the alleyway and then just says, don't come any closer... like it's probably going to make you not want to go any closer. I personally would give them advantage on that intimidation. I'd, I personally I don't give think them a that's... wide berth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of the subclass, let's take Fire Genasi away from it. Uh-huh. The subclass you chose in particular, how did you feel about that? I didn't really find much use from it. I mean, just looking at it on on here. Dand Beyond. Primal Path, Path of the Storm, Herald, Storm, or uh, Desert. So really, that's all that I chose because I only took it to third level. You've got the three different storms. Oh, it is an aura because it says Storm Aura. They are auras. Hey, I got it right the first time. There you go. Well done, me. The other two auras are Sea and Tundra. C allows you to choose a target that you can see. The target must make a dexterity saving throw. The target takes 1d6 lightning damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. The damage increases when you reach certain levels in this class. So 2d6 at 10, 3d6 at 15th, Mm. and 4d6 at 20th. I actually think if you were going to take it to higher levels, this would be the more useful one. The Tundra is each creature of your choice in your aura. Gains two temporary hit points as icy spirits near it to suffering. Mm. The temporary hit points increase when you reach certain levels in this class, increasing to three at fifth level, four at tenth level, five at fifth level, fifteenth level, and six at twentieth level. I don't know what's wrong with me today. At sixth level, you get benefits even when your aura isn't active. Mm. So you gain resistance to fire damage. Mm. This is kind of a problem for future of the build, I suppose. Yeah. You can't. You know, you're already resistant. That's effectively useless. Yeah. You don't suffer the effects of extreme heat, as described in the DMG. I will have to look those up. You can touch a flammable object that isn't being worn or carried by anyone else and set it on fire. I love when they put that in there. You know, you can touch a flammable object that isn't being worn or carried by anyone else. You know, they they kind of put it in there as like, no, you can't set fire to people. You can set fire to boxes. You can set fire to tables. You can set fire to a door and trap someone in a room. Could you set fire to an arrow or a javelin? It's an object. Is it an action? As an action, you can touch a flammable object that is. Yeah, but you do that before combat. I've got a flaming javelin, first Mm -hmm. round of combat. Here, have a flaming javelin. I I would grant you a d4 of fire damage. I might even be more nice. The CC is great for this. You gain resistance to lightning damage. You can breathe underwater. You Mm. have a swimming speed of 60 feet. That's pretty good. I think that's the more utility. I think C just wins out, unfortunately. Yeah, because with the C aura, when you activate your rage, you choose one other creature you can see in your aura. So it's not as an action. It's not as a bonus action. It's not as a reaction. Your target must make uh, a dexterity save. So instead of having like either 
two points of healing to all of your allies or two points of damage to all of your enemies. You, you, you activate it each turn as a bonus action. So it's the this is where it says, when this effect is activated, you can choose one of the creatures you can see in your aura and then the implication is you can also do it as a bonus action. All right, so I thought it activates when you enter your rage. Yeah. So when you bonus action rage, you yeah. get a free zap yeah, on you someone get, who's within 10 Yeah, and you get your free two fire damage as well. That's what I was yeah. saying earlier. Okay. And you also get free two temporary hit points. So if you rage next to your party and then run in, they've got two temporary hit points. Mm. I was talking specifically about the C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the C, as a bonus action, mm-hmm. 1d6 lightning damage. That feels better to me yeah. than the... Well, let's cost this up, mm-hmm. right? If you're surrounded by four people, you've done eight points of damage. Yeah. If you're surrounded by four people and you do this dexterity saving throw, mm. you've done a maximum of six damage. Yeah. And a minimum of one, which is an average of 3.5, I think. Yeah. If you're facing one enemy, mm-hmm. two points versus a, to six, Yeah. much of a muchness. So let's try and add a little bit of context yeah, to this. Yeah, yeah. At tenth level, immediately after a creature in your way hits you with an attack, you can use your reaction to force that creature to make a dexterity saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes fire damage equal to half your barbarian level, which means that you can do five extra damage a turn if you want. Mm-hmm. C. When you hit a creature in your aura with an attack, you can use your reaction to force that creature to make a strength saving throw. On a failed save, the creature is knocked prone. So now you have advantage yeah. without having to use reckless, which would be really good if you went rogue as well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Tundra. Uh, whenever the effect of your storm is activated, you can choose one creature you can see in the aura. The creature must succeed on a strength saving throw, or its speed's reduced to zero until the start of your next turn as magical frost covers it. Well, I'm just looking at what they get at sixth level. You gain resistance to cold damage. So our character now has resistance to fire damage, damage because they're a fire, din- fire genasi and cold damage because they've gone tundra. They've got resist straight up resistance Instance. to two different elemental types. I, I would probably someone will probably tell me I'm wrong. In my head, frost is the next most common. I think thematically a lot of people do that because like World of Warcraft, for example, the specializations you can have in that is mm. you can specialise in fire or ice. Mm-hmm. I know the Neverwinter MMO, a lot of the, the spells in that have a rhyme fire interaction, which is where if you use fire on something that's frozen or you use frost on something that you've already cast fire on, you have this rhyme fire interaction where it ends up doing more damage. So you have like a whole path in Neverwinter which is based on D&D 4th edition, as I understand it. Some of your things prime them, and other things kind of like detonate it as a yeah, combo. Yeah, yeah. But like World of Warcraft, you choose to either specialise in fire magic or frost magic, with frost being the more crowd control sort okay, of, yeah, uh, yeah. implementation of it. One thing that I do need to put out there, mm-hmm. I have been very, very wrong oh. a large number of times. The version of D&D that I used to play was Advanced D&D, which is not second edition. It's like 1.5, I guess. <laughs> I have never played second edition. So every show previous to this where I have talked about second edition or knowing things that are based on second edition, 
I have been absolutely talking out of my arse. You've done it fantastically. Well, fourth edition as well, I found out Pillars of Eternity yeah. might not be based on fourth edition. Oh. It's got similarities to fourth edition. The the whole thing about accuracy, targeting, you know, your you've got like different defenses, like instead of just targeting your armor class or your wisdom save like you do in fifth, it targets your fortitude. You know, you have like fortitude, there's one that's based on your reflex, that's the other one. All right. And there's another type of uh deflection is the other type of it. Oh, and so there's there's well it's one of the things that I've always thought about the implementation of the system is, to me, it seems like it would be a pig to work out on pen and paper, mm-hmm. but it's perfect for a computer RPG where you click on an enemy and you choose the attack to launch at them and then it works all that out under the hood for you yeah. and just gives you the result of it hit, it missed, it was a... Uh... I'm going on about Pillars of Eternity again, which I've really got to cut down on, but... <laughs> I had assumed that because it had like accuracy versus reflex, that's something that happens in Neverwinter, which is fourth edition based. So I'd assumed that Pillars was also fourth edition based because of that. It's people have said it's not. It's based on second edition, which, you know, I've got to go and look up second edition now to see how that works and what it's like. But I just feel like that's something that I have to put out there is like, Previous to this episode where I've mentioned second and fourth edition, I've not been 100% clear on how that works. So I'm just putting that out there. I misspoke earlier. Shielding Storm is at 10th level. All right. And each creature of your choice has the damage resistance you gained from the Storm Soul feature. (laughs) So whilst, you you know, everyone can have fire resistance and everyone can have cold resistance, (laughs) etc., at 14th level is when you get damage equals half your barbarian level. So it's plus seven. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of the things that kick in at 14th level that kind of feel like if you want to take the class up to 14th level, this is a good point to stop. You know, you can take your levels in Warlock. Mm-hmm. It's not quite the capstone abilities, but the stuff you get at 14th level from most of the classes is kind of like a nice finishing off point. It gives you something big that you can feel like you got out of it. That is something I wanted to talk about. Actually, I wrote notes. Oh, cool. Yeah, I wrote notes. Three of them. It's more than I did. Usually you have something. Occasionally you're like, oh, this is something I wanted to mention. I never (laughs) write it down. That's just in my head and it's a miracle if it comes out. Um, For the build, my build, yeah, a maximum of seven levels of rogue so that you get evasion. Okay, yeah. Yeah, but that also turns you into never taking more than half damage ever from deck saving throws. Because you've got the advantage on it and then you can choose to halve it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I took scimitar and shield as there are no two-handed finesse weapons. Not even the double-bladed scimitar, which I looked up, but it's not a finesse weapon. Boo, hiss. Oh no, the the other one was something I already mentioned that's not exactly optimised, but it is a fun build. Yes, for multi-classing, and future of the build, this covers as well. If you're going all the way to level 20, Mm -hmm. maximum seven levels of rogue, because then you've got pretty much everything you could want out of it. 13th level for barbarian... You get some good stuff. 14th level, you get the extra damage. At that point, I'm not so sure that extra damage really matters. It's difficult to say because there's some abilities that you look at and it it kind of seems like it's adding a lot. But then when you break it down, it kind of it's not that much outside outside of situational uses. Let me just um, let me just reread it. Because... Like the Storm Aura, when it's implemented at, at fifth level, aside from that usage I was saying about 
you know, using it with sleep. Outside of that, it re it really doesn't feel like a lot of extra damage to be doing. Well, I, I looked at... Um... And I'm also imagining it like at a table where you get to the start of your turn and you say, as a bonus action, two points of damage to everything. So if you, to get your best usage out of it, you want to be doing it when you're surrounded by enemies. And then that means the DM has to go, all right, hang on a second. It's just going to get... It sounds fi fiddly. It's fiddly, it, yeah. 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 Here's another thing. I did work out, this is why the C is the best one. Okay. Uh, you take two levels of Tempest Domain Cleric. When you roll lightning or thunder damage, you can use your channel divinity to deal maximum damage instead of rolling. And you are rolling. <laughs> yes, yeah. you are rolling, and yeah. it's not specified to a spell. Yeah. There is no way that I can find... I'm not saying I did an exhaustive search, but I did spend quite a bit of time, actually. Yeah. Circle of Wildfire gives you a D8 to fire spells. And it's crazy late. It's like six levels, which I think is more than you'd probably take. You might take it to fifth for third level spells if you wanted to. I'm not sure. Yeah, the Wildfire Druid honestly feels like something you could take to three or four and, just... and drop. If you took it to level four... For the ASI. For the ASI, yeah. that would be useful because then, like I say, you could use that to bump your wisdom. Mm -hmm. And then take the Barbarian to four. Mm -hmm. And then you've got another ASI from that. That's quite a nice thing. Once you got to level eight, I think it would probably then be barbarian most of just the way. Oh, yeah, that's what I would do. Because the wildfire stuff is just a nice little extra on top of the barbarian stuff. I just realised something else here. Uh huh. At first level of Tempest Domain, when a creature within five feet of you that you can see hits you with an attack, you can use reaction to cause the creature to make a deck saving throw. The creature takes 2d8 lightning or thunder damage, your choice, on a failed saving throw and half as much damage on a successful one. Ow. And then next level you can maximise that. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. That's a stupid amount of damage. Is that when you attack? That's when, you... when someone attacks you. With someone no, no, hit... with maximising the damage. When you roll lightning or thunder damage. Okay, so you could do that on your Yeah, reaction, and you can yeah. do it with your bonus action as well. That's 1d6 plus 2d8 of lightning damage. Oh, shit. So that's just when you roll it. It's not once per turn or once per it's round. It's per your channel divinity. I think you would have two. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there is the limit on it because that seemed a bit silly. Who cares? You get one channel divinity back. I could try that again. Mm -hmm. You get all your channel divinities back on a short rest. Yeah. This, <laughs> this, this was a discussion that I was see that I saw online this week. Actually, people saying about clerics are broken. Well, just about they need to kind of they're talking about redoing the core rule sets you get, for D&D. &D, just they? to say, you get yeah. one channel divinity until 6th level. All right, okay. Well, but I could easily be persuaded to take this to 6th level. Mm. But you were saying. at the moment, they're talking about updating the core rule sets. There's supposed to be actually a, a starter set coming out soon, but it will be reflecting the changes to the new yeah. rule set. So that'll be interesting to see. But one thing that a lot of people have said is they need to have it so that more classes have a thing that they can do on short rest. I think they're just going to remove short rests and do it proficiency bonus times a day. Yeah. I don't want to tell you you're wrong. It's not so much like wrong because I didn't really put forward a, an I think this. It's going to be interesting to see what they do yeah, yeah, to yeah. The, the core rules. I mean, I'm calling everyone else wrong. Yeah. <laughs> So you're calling yourself wrong when you're listening to it later. You dickhead. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate no, no, no. it. No, no, no. Be kind to listener Steve. He's one of the few we've got. <laughs>
We're doing all right. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah. We genuinely thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts for listening. It actually means a lot that some of you would listen to this. Thank you so much. Yeah. Here's the other thing about Tempest Domain. At sixth level, when you deal lightning damage to a large or smaller creature, you can also push it up to ten feet away from you. What, you can push the creature? Yeah. Wow. So now you combine this with your barbarian's bonus action, fling him off a cliff. <laughs> Here's another one. This is where I would stop. Eighth level. Yeah. Divine Strike. Once on each of your turns when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can cause the attack to deal an extra 1d8 thunder damage to the target. Which is going to be eight points. Because... Which you can choose to be eight points. Yeah. <laughs> this is the build we should have done. We're so what, stupid. What are the multi-classing options did you look up? I looked at the rogue. There is a case for Barbarian Monk. Mm-hmm. We're talking about barbarians here, maybe not necessarily the subclass, but there is a case for Barbarian Monk where you can start adding a bonus attack punchies. It seems like that would be a very multi-ability dependent one. Very. I think you said there's something... You you can do a Strength Monk if you go Tortal. Tortal. Yeah. I'm talking about one level of Monk, and that's that's what you would do. One level of Monk. That, the end. Just to get a bonus action unarmed strike that would still add your strength bonus if you so chose if you took sea aura you wouldn't bother with that because you've got your lightning damage well one of one of the builds that i've seen people do a lot is the wrestler Mm -hmm. you don't have a weapon because you're just running around the battlefield grappling things Mm -hmm. and you've got advantage on your strength checks so you're just running around grabbing things and pinning them down so that everybody else can just, like, whack away at them with advantage. You, you then become a support character. This is where you get the Bardbarian build. Bardbarian? There is a way... A giant in the Playground forums have got a fantastic run-through of it. But the idea with the Bardbarian... Because, obviously, you can't cast while you're raging. So, yes. initially, it seems like you've got that running against you. And you can't maintain concentration yeah. on a spell either. No. But, and I don't fully recall what the tricks are, because, again, it seemed a bit fiddly to me. Yeah. But there are a lot of things you can do as a barbarian where you can super battlefield control. You could give yourself expertise in athletics. Yeah. And because you are a bard, a lot of the things that you can do out of combat as well Mm -hmm. are good. The suggestion that they had for their barbarian build was a wrestler in the WWE mold their performance checks and stuff that they're doing outside of combat, they are doing a wrestling-style shoot interview and smack-talking people. Oh, that's so outside cool. Of com- so the whole build is basically about, like, your WWE-style wrestler. Cutting words, can you use that as well? It's, an, it's just an ability. It's oh, a reaction. Yeah. Oh, just an ability, okay. Yeah. The way that they do it on that, it sounds like that would be quite a fun, silly thing to do. But one of the things that you mentioned to me during the week is you want to talk more about like how these classes interact with a party. So with that, like I say, you're grabbing people, you're pinning them down, and then Mm -hmm. everybody else is stabbing, hasted, divine smiting them while they're down, you know, sneak attacking because they've got advantage on them, things like that. Everybody is now having fun with this person that you've pinned to the ground. Okay. Cutting words is a College of Law feature. 
Okay. I'm sure everyone else knew that. I'm kind of like you. I don't really do bards. When a creature that you can see within 60 feet of you makes an attack roll, an ability to check, or a damage roll, you can use your action to expend one of your uses of bardic inspiration, rolling a bardic inspiration die and subtracting the number rolled from the creature's roll. So you have expertise in athletics. You grab someone and then you just say, nah, mate. Reaction, take a d6 or whatever it is off, yeah. your, uh, off your thing. Well, I'm just looking up. Raynor95 back in 2019. So... Before lockdown started, so he doesn't even even have the excuse of being locked in and incredibly bored. (laughs) This is is just something that they came up with. (laughs) That's cruel. Bardbarian. Bardbarian. I love it. You can, of course, go, just while you're looking the thing up, you can, of course, multi-class into fighter. Mm-hmm. for the unarmed fighting style. So you're doing a D8 of damage unarmed, and you can do that with a shield. Yeah. So you can kind of get Captain America-type business. Well, I think the thing that I was going to bring up as well is the Tavern Brawler feat. Yeah. You can grapple as a bonus action yes, with you that. Can. You get your unarmed strikes, get a D4 damage dice. Mm-hmm. You are considered proficient with improvised weapons. Yeah. Normally, the improvised weapons rules are if you want to throw a chair at someone, it comes under the the improvised weapons rules, and you don't get your proficiency bonus yeah. and things like that. You do get your proficiency bonus to hit with improvised weapons with the tavern brawler feat. So you can get a bit silly with that. You've just uh, made you can, a cane. You can hit people with a steel chair. Yeah. And get your proficiency bonus to target them. Give him the chair. But yeah, it does mean that you can grapple as a bonus action and because of the way the action economy works, you can do your bonus action first. You're absolutely entitled to do that. You bonus action, grapple them down and then you just punch them. Or, <laughs> With you know, an advantage. Yeah, an advantage. You've you strength bonuses to that because you're raging or you can grapple them down and then you've got your action I mean, how much shit can you do with your action? There's mm. loads and loads of inventive and wonderful it, things. It just there. wouldn't really work with the path that we've got, the no. path we've got. No, it wouldn't. But it's an extra option, that way of playing a barbarian, because people quite often, you know, we've mentioned sword and board barbarian because your armor class is a little bit higher. An awful lot of people go with two-handed weapon barbarian because the damage output on that is frightening at higher levels one thing i i did think of Mm. i don't think this is in any way shape or form efficient yeah by the way i'm just bringing it up you could go for three levels of artificer because it's a genasi and go intelligence based okay you wouldn't be able to reckless attack because it's not a strength based attack but you would have your rat friend who could give you advantage anyway so you wouldn't need reckless I mean, I've kind of got that with the wildfire spirit, but the wildfire spirit is nowhere near mm, as tacky. robust as a steel defender is. Killing a steel defender is a pain in the hole. I should, of course, point out, you can go moon druid and turn into a direwolf that spits fire, mm-hmm. or lightning, or yeah. ice. Or an owl, you can turn into an, an owl bear. bear. We've upset so many people right now. <laughs> um, future- That's okay. Next Unearthed Arcana is just going to be like Circle of the Owl Bear. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we see a circle no, of monstrosities. Yeah, there's heard a lot of people say that a circle of monstrosities would actually be an interesting one. Do you know how many interesting things that would open you up to? You Like, um, winter wolves? They're monstrosities, but they can exhale ice breath. Yeah. I'm just looking up the the name of the person that it is on... Uh, uh, yeah, Feltheleb on Twitter posted a wonderful thing, which was a picture of an owlbear mm. and a picture of a slime tentacle. And they said... 
If you had to guess which one of these was a beast and which one of these was a monstrosity, which would you pick and why are you wrong? What if the revision is that an owlbear becomes a beast? Mm, could be. Because the original implication was that an owlbear was a monstrosity. It was created by wizards yeah. who were making bad ideas. But in subsequent expansions, they have said there are elves that remember owlbears sitting at the bottom of their trees, that they have seen migrations mm. of owlbears. Someone will know where it is. It is there in the world that owlbears might be a natural thing. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if... If they get reclassified into yeah. beast. I know uh, somebody was looking at the stats and they were saying, like, if they were allowed to use Albert at the appropriate challenge rating that that appears, mm -hmm. somebody was saying, like, it might be a problem to have a level four character who's got 20 strength and 60 hit points or whatever it is for an Albert. I'm going to look up Albert. This is vaguely relevant to our discussion because if you, to be if you took the druid to level four to get the ASI, it's level four that they get the increase in the challenge rating of their wild shapes, isn't it? It's not enough. Yeah. Moon druid would still have to be level nine to turn into an Albert if you added Albert. Yeah. So, tangent aside, mm -hmm. we're actually bang on for time. Shall we move on to the next bit? Yes, we can, which is pros and cons pros it's cool yeah travis willingham has a lot to answer for in a good way for changing it from okay i'm gonna bonus action rage and i'm gonna do this to i would like to, to rage. rage popularizing that was, i think that's a good thing mm -hmm. i think if you take the c and you take those two levels of tempest domain that's when you're starting to get a bit silly you're cooking with gas though yeah and yeah, okay, I, I have two or three first level spell slots. At the end of the combat, you can just go, yeah, heal you up, heal you up, and uh, me. And uh, oh, I didn't use my Channel Divinity? I'll get a spell slot back. <laughs> and we'll have a short rest. I got my Channel Divinity back. Bye bye. I think if you take C, it's really good, especially if you add two levels of Tempest Domain Cleric. Yeah. Because I kind of looked at it as like, because this is a fire genasi, you have to take the desert one because you're doing the fire. I'd looked at it thematically, but. When you get to level six, that's actually a problem because you've already got the fire resistance. So you're losing out on one of the big draws of the desert. Thing. And in Avatar The Last Airbender, lightning is a sub-element of fire. Because it's, it's energy. friction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's creation of a spark. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't see why that wouldn't be thematic. Yeah. Pros of this is that you can change your storm aura at every level. Oh, I was going to ask is if you can change it. Yeah, you can. So when you, you can level have up. fire up to level six, six, you can change the tundra. Uh, the other thing is, as I was saying about not wanting to stereotype races, you could have a fire genasi that hates that they're a fire genasi. genasi yeah. You know, they get to level six and they're like, I'm so tired of this heat. I just want to be cold. <laughs> I just want to be cold sometimes, so I'll take some tundra. Well, you guys haven't leveled up yet in the home game. But if you knew you were leveling up before going on a boat, you go, well, I'm going to take the sea storm aura. Mm -hmm. And that's so thematic. You, you fall off the boat and you're just like, the water for yeah, I just, can breathe in the water. I'll swim alongside the boat. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, tundra. Oh, we're going into the mountains? Oh, oh no, I have uh, now got the Tundra as my Storm Aura. Hey, <laughs> everyone have temporary hit points. Yeah. I think that's pretty useful. I do think, though, we are reaching for good things. The cons of this build is I could take the Zealot Barbarian and do more damage. Yeah. 
I could take the Totem Warrior mm. and take no damage. Yeah. I could take the Ancestral Guardian and stop damage. This is one argument that I wanted to approach. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think there is ever a right argument for this. And I'm certainly not saying that what I'm going to say is the right answer yeah, in yeah, yeah. any way. But you can look at, oh, the, the Zealot Barbarian does more damage and this does more damage. I think if you're just concentrating on efficiency of the of the character mm-hmm. build, the logical endpoint of that is there is going to be one combination of abilities in D&D that will do more damage and you should always play that. Yeah. And I think Party of sometimes it is probably, on mm-hmm. paper, less efficient than other barbarians. However, the range of options you have would probably make this more fun for me to play. Mm. Because when I first started constructing this, I did put as many of the high stats and the physical stats as possible to, yeah, to get the physical stuff it. more better to build a better barbarian on paper and i just looked at it and i thought there's like three things i can do mm-hmm. i'm very good at those few things but apart from that there's i've really not got many options with this character especially with it being a fire genasi with it being a barbarian there are a lot of things that only come back on a long rest. So if you have too many encounters and you don't hit that long rest, you are kind of screwed with that character. I find it more fun having those other options Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to do things. I think this is why I really like the idea of the Sea Storm Aura and the Tempest Domain Cleric. Mm. So that even when you've run out of Rages and Channel Divinities, you've got Spell Slots and you've got Sacred Flame and you've got whatever else you need. Yeah. And there are so many other barbarians, Totem, Warrior, Zealot, etc., that don't need to multi-class and things like that because they're mm-hmm. so useful. Yeah. And when you start combining Zealot, Barbarian with Asimar, mm-hmm. you, you're, like, you're really cooking with gas then. You're, you've basically got like a barbarian paladin that works. Mm. If I was going to rank this, I would say, not with a lettering score or anything or a number, I just yeah. think... Well, well, we'll get letters from the Dungeon Dudes. Let's talk about that for a moment then. They said this was a B, that in the right campaign it really works. The right campaign also being the right party composition. Yeah. If you're the only frontliner and you've got a ranged character and a wizard or a sorcerer or something, you know, know, casty bollocks, shooty bollocks and you, Mm -hmm. you're going to have so much fun. And if you take those two levels of Tempest Domain Cleric, you know, for level six and seven, Mm. you're just shooting people off that way with a deck save and maximising your damage once per short rest. That sounds like so much fun. And then Mm. if you get a javelin of lightning on top of that, you could... Do you know what I mean? Like That's a common thing to get. That's not only optimised, it sounds like Mm. so much fun to optimise. Do you you see what I mean? Like, you're having fun with that. If you're in a party with a paladin, and I would say even a monk, I think you'd feel really left behind... If you were at my mm. table, where I don't really use hordes of enemies that much, I, I tend to prefer two or three really strong enemies as opposed to, yeah. hey, have a board of twats. Desert Aura specifically is absolutely fucking useless. Mm. And it's every creature. It's not creature you choose. So you kind of have to be the only frontliner. I think it, it creates problems for itself. One of the communities that I'm sort of looking at online is still... They're still going back and forth about the argument about 
casters being more powerful than martial classes yeah, yeah, and things yeah. like that. One of the things somebody brought up in that discussion was that in one of the previous editions, I'm not going to knock myself out by saying which one because apparently <laughs> I have no idea. Um, in one of the previous editions, one of the things they did was having marshals get to a certain level and then it would recommend that they would get a sword and the sword would give them extra things. Yeah. So not in the sense of it was a class feature, but in the sense of it was a very common thing to hit a certain level, and then your DM gives you a sword that has, for example, five charges a day, and it can, you know, either you can do extra fire damage to the thing next to you, or you can cast fire out to 20 foot, or so, you know, something reasonable so you're not, a ranged character, but you can sort of do if you can't quite hit reach, that person yeah, and shoot fire over you, there. If yeah. you can't quite reach somebody, you can use one of these charges to do something extra. And it's quite a common thing that DMs will sort of patch that gap by giving marshals a magic item that gives them more things to do with their two or three attacks that they have at later levels. I'm not trying to relitigate that discussion no, 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 which no. is more powerful. I'm just saying this is an idea that I've said, and I know it is related to this idea of if you built this as barbarian to level five, sometimes it kind of feels like, yes, you are big trashy damage guy, but that's all, all you, you are. are. And yeah. you don't you don't have that flexibility of like, because we're fire genasi, you've got the spells that you can throw in there. With mm. the one that I've done, you've got the druid and you've got the wild shape and you've got the wildfire companion and things like that. So you've got extra little bits and bobs that you can do. Whereas if you just go straight barbarian, sometimes you can feel a bit lacking. Mm-hmm. And if your DM picks up on that, they can give you kind of like Beauregard in <laughs> Critical Role where she could do lightning damage out to a certain range yeah. once a day. So if there was a fight where, yeah. where she couldn't get into close combat or all she was doing was running around doing punches, it adds a little bit of extra flexibility to the character being able to do that. But your casters get... My problem with that argument mm. is that your caster will get magic items as well, which will allow them to cast spells for free or add a plus one to saves or, you know, mm. to the safety scene, I should say, or whatever. I think... Marshals probably need to be making more attacks. I wouldn't be surprised if we see in the next revision paladins getting up to three attacks. Much later level. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised. I also wouldn't be surprised if we see things like for martial classes, you know, if you use your bonus action you can really lean into an attack or mm. every every martial character getting a very, very limited amount of um battle master maneuvers. This kind of thing It'll be interesting to see how they revise it because obviously what various communities say needs to happen and there's what the designers have in mind. Well, what they have in mind is their intent, but also what they've internally playtested as well because there might be an idea that's going around these various communities and they get a couple of tables of people to try it out and they go, oh God, this is horrific or Mm. this just isn't working. Because neither of us really agree that marshals are that far behind. I don't like to approach the argument too deeply because I just don't know. Yeah. I if somebody came at me on Twitter and went, Don't be ridiculous, marshals are underclassed and here's why, like my reply to that would be, I'm gonna take your word for it. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not gonna step into it because I don't have uh I feel like I'm getting a, enough of an understanding of the rules to play the game competently, but some of the deeper build crafting stuff still goes completely over my head. And that's because fair. 
well, it, it just goes completely over my head. In Dark Souls, oh. what is the way to show a new player how to play Dark Souls? What is the build? It's been so long. There is an episode of Extra Credits mm-hmm. where they say, here is the build that you want to do to see how good this game actually is. And I think it's the Pyromancer, and then you just take a special glove or something. I don't know, Dark oh, Souls. Oh, uh, Pyromancer, and I think it's the one of the axes yeah. that you get, because you're putting everything into strength, but you can also put stuff into defense quite well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can output enough damage to kind of cheese it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's easy, by the way. I, I, yeah. I tend to start off as a caster, mm-hmm. and then it's not great. But once you get the claymore, you can get magic damage on your claymore so that you've got an option for short range. But if there's something that you just don't have the reflexes to get close to, you can just kite it, just run away from it, casting spells at it. Well, let's let's carry on to party composition. We kind of touched on this, actually. Yeah, yeah. Your barbarian is mm-hmm. invaluable to your caster because your caster cannot rewrite reality if an ogre has smashed it to bits with a club. No. You are in a party. Martial characters don't need to do the most damage. Martial characters need to be up there, chipping away slowly. Mm. They have more attacks. They're more likely to hit. They're killing with bug bites. A a wizard can chuck a fireball, right? And take out a load of mooks. Yeah. They're probably not going to take out the big bad with it. Mm. The big bad is probably going to save and only take half damage. There is no save against sword to the nadgers. And when you start to add things... Again, this is complicating the build. But when you start adding things like Great Weapon Master, um, Sentinel, when you start adding things like Sharpshooter, Crossbow Expert, you go like, oh, okay, well, suddenly I'm adding potentially plus 30 to every round if I hit with every attack for the Crossbow Expert hammer the trigger, you know, because you get your bonus action as well. That's crazy amounts of damage. Mm. It is. The counter to that is, is something that we said before, is that, like, sometimes the most efficient way of playing is not the most fun way of playing. It's always fun to roll a shitload of dice. It is always fun to roll. It is always fun to roll a shitload of dice. But equally, I think having options as well is fun. And having different things and having variety is also something that can be important. It's not the most efficient thing, but it can help along that fun if you're like, I'm bored of hitting things with my sword. If there's something else that you can turn around and do, like I was saying about if you go into a fight and instead of just being like, I am going to rage, I am going to hit them with my sword, I'm going to do this, this and this. Mm. If you can instead think like, right, I'm going to summon my wildfire spirit for this one. And you've got a different way of approaching that fight. Having those different options does mean that if you think like, I don't want to play that way right now, you've got another thing that yeah. you can whip out and i 100 percent agree yeah you've got your calcified penis you can whip out and that's then running around the battlefield i hope you have to remove that cut <laughs> of that conversation hello buddy hi chap we've you got a dog bed bed bed, bed bed good chap. i wouldn't be surprised just mm-hmm. just to kind of round, round off. it off yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we're talking future of the game rather than future of the build mm-hmm. i wouldn't be surprised if things like the hunter for the ranger just gets put into the ranger as a class mm. the features that you got there i wouldn't be surprised if the berserker feature where you can attack as a bonus action just gets added to barbarian's rage mm. because there are a couple of classes maybe even way of the open hand that just need to be cut up and put throughout the rest of the build yeah because they're like hey we heard you like monk so we put more monk in your monk so you can monk while you monk and really mm. that should just be part of the monk for example 
Let's move on to what would you take from the other build? So from yours, I think the rogue is such a good thing. And if you're looking at it at higher levels as well, if you took rogue to four mm -hmm. and you took arcane trickster, that would give you a whole slew of other spells you could add. I know they're only level load. ones. They're only level ones in cantrips, but some of the cantrips you could get could just massively broaden your range of what you can do outside of combat. When, when do arcane tricksters get second level spells? I want to say fifth. I think it's later than that. Yeah, because they've got the same thing. They've as, got the same the, the stupid they've got this, one. They've got yeah. the same problem as uh, Eldritch Knights. Yep. So it would be, is it seventh level maybe? I wouldn't be able to look it up myself, but... Seventh. Seventh level you get second level spell slots. So if you took seven levels, which is what I said maximum, you would have access to Shadow Blade, which does 2d8 psychic damage <laughs> and is a finesse weapon. Yeah. And is eligible for rage. <laughs> so that's 2d8 plus how many sneak attack dice are you adding? Uh, At seventh level. Yeah, 4d6. 2d8 plus 4d6 plus rage bonus. Ouch. Yeah, because the rage bonus we haven't explicitly said, but that adds a flat amount to the damage of any strength-based attack. Yeah. So it's like at level one, it's plus two, I want to say. It's plus two until level nine. But that's a flat two points that's, that it's adding to everything. And it's every attack. Every strength-based attack? Every strength-based attack. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm more than happy to check that, though. When you make a melee weapon attack using strength, there it is. We haven't talked about the fact that Rage gives you bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage resistance. Yeah, yeah, we haven't mentioned that. I think I may have briefly He's, mentioned it oh, when right. I was talking about armor class, but not properly mentioned it. You do have D12 hit dice. Mm -hmm. You do have half damage from the basic attacks. Yeah, I but only really... while you're raging. We so mentioned if you it. run out of rages... You haven't got it. Yeah. We've mentioned it. All right, moving on. What would I take from your build? Oh, God, I would totally 100% take the whole wildfire druid thing mm. i think it's one of those things where i had to put the caveat up front that it's not an efficiency build it's just a build that gives you a lot of options and makes the barbarian fun but you do have to be careful about the abilities that you choose because things like concentration spells are off the table while you're raging at least mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that are going to be fiddly because of the fact that you can't cast spells while raging and you can't maintain concentration on spells that you cast before raging the druid spell list is also <laughs> it's a bit weird sorry I compa have compared to some of the other lists it isn't is. it? it's yeah, a bit yeah. specific oh they do get enlarged reduce do they yeah, druids do get enlarged reduce. I don't know what I was oh, looking at. So you could just have like a giant flaming boy wandering you, around. You'd have a giant flaming horse. Well, <laughs> it wouldn't be giant. It would be medium sized. But if you were small, you could ride it. Mm. I was looking to see if you got aid, but you don't get aid as a druid. Yeah. Well, at least you don't in additional spells. You might get it normally. Well, if you have your uh, storm aura as the sea, you could have your flame thing as just a giant flaming crab. Giant flaming octopus. <laughs> it's up to you. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> the thing is, Simon, mm -hmm. I love the idea of the wildfire druid. Yeah. I cannot get my head over the cross-harmony beauty mm. that is two levels of Tempest Domain Cleric. And I think I'm an idiot for not doing that. Mm. Sorry, I don't mean to go, mm, as in, yes, you are an idiot. I'm like, 
I can see I can see that argument, yeah. It's not just efficient, it sounds like so much fun. Yeah. To once a turn go, you! Mm. <laughs> and, then, and that's the difference, I guess, between like what I see as a fun build and an efficient build is that there are some builds in D&D that you get the impression that, you know, you could set a macro on your calculator and it could play the class for you. Yeah. It's, it's literally just working out the numbers and then you're not really doing anything apart from choosing where to move to deploy that thing. Whereas think... with the C thing, it's it's an extra option and it's a fun extra option. Do you think then that's why I'm talking down the Desert Aura then? Because it's not even that you get to choose and go, you, fuck you. Mm. It's, right, and everyone takes a paltry amount of damage and the DM yeah. goes, okay, 14, 14, 14, 14 mm-hmm. from 16, you know, which doesn't, that doesn't sound fun for the DM and it doesn't yeah. sound fun for you either. I think there's been things like this that we've mentioned before that feel like a lot of damage. Somebody will say, oh, you compare this ability to this ability and actually 1d4 plus 2 is more efficient than 1d6 D6. Yeah. plus 1. Or, you know, 1d6, but I think this is why so many people destroy their lives on gambling because there is something fun about, well, the dice take the chance. And with D&D, you're not playing for money. You're playing for the social excitement of, oh, shit, you rolled a 20, or, ah, it's a D12 damage and you rolled a 12. You know, that's why rolling a dice is so fun, because there is the variety and there is the possibility of success and failure. And with efficiency builds, like, all you're doing is moving your character into position and then taking that chance. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have the choice builds... I feel bad saying that because for some people, the efficiency builds are what is fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sort of there a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm arguing this with this character specifically because I like a lot of options. I like to have... So would you prefer to play the one you've made or the Tempest Domain Sea Aura? What do you think would be more fun for you? I mean, for me... The druid is probably more fun because the wild shapes coming back on a short rest hugely patches up what I see as a flaw in Barbarian, which is that the rages come back on a long rest. And I I didn't even spot that when I came into it. It was literally only after you pointed it out and then I checked, I think. But once once I looked at it and I saw they come back on a short rest, like I had literally before that been saying barbarians should have a thing where they can recover one rage on a short rest. I think it should be less rages, but per per short rest or whatever. To me, if I was playing a barbarian, I think I would definitely have to take the two levels of druid to get the wild shapes that come back on a short rest so that I had something else to do. There is a barbarian subclass, isn't there, that it's approaching something like wild shaping. So that might be... Uh, There's the Path of the Beast. Path of the Beast. Where you rage and you get... It's the Wolverine class. Yeah. That is the Path of the Beast. Yeah. So I feel like that might be a better choice for my side of the thing. But yeah, I think having gone through it, the build that you came up with initially is really good. Mm. The build that you ended up arguing for with the it's Tempest Domain Storm Cleric, because you also get the Cleric spells on top of that as well. So that's more options. Yeah, I, know. I know a lot of them you're not going to be able to cast in combat because the Barbarian can't concentrate and can't cast well. Level raging. three, level three of, t- of Cleric, you get Spiritual Weapon. It's not concentration. Then it's your choice of uh. fucking big hammer or fucking big lightning. Yeah. 
So in the same way that you've got the wildfire spirit running around on, mm-hmm. on my one, you've then got a whole thing with a spiritual weapon, which because you choose the form of the spiritual weapon, you could just have like a big lightning bolt. A big radiant someone. lightning bolt. Yeah. Hang on. Let me just look up spiritual weapon a moment to make mm-hmm. sure I'm not talking out of my bottom. Spiritual weapon. It's not concentration. Mm. 1d8 plus your spellcasting ability modifier. Yeah. doesn't matter what it is. Mm. Oh, it does. It It is a melee spell attack, so you're probably not going to hit with it. So the good thing about that is even with that bill that you ended up arguing for, you've still got lots of options mm. and lots of other flexibility in terms of what you can do. I think if I was going to play a barbarian, I think I would probably have to play something like this. I think I would probably have to play something that had the two levels of druid. It's another option. Yeah. Yeah. You should look at the Path of the Beast Barbarian, by the way. I think I probably will. Because like, when you get hit level six, you just get free swimming, free climbing, or free flight or something you just get it's not flight but you just get free and there you go that's it something yeah yeah and you can choose every day which one it is yeah i have to be honest i feel i'm very conscious of the time i feel as though unless you're playing sea storm i would rather just play another barbarian subclass yeah i don't know if you feel the same way and i don't want to influence your opinion that way um i think there's also other races because again the fact that this was a fire genasi really influenced i mean the good thing about the circle of the wildfire subclass for the two levels in that the good thing about that is you can use your wild shapes on summoning a wildfire spirit Mm. which is you have another thing running around the battlefield so, so there's some of the artificer tricks that we mentioned about having it stand on the other side of you to give you advantage and things like that. Or stand next to something so that the rogue can then get advantage if they need. There's just a lot of flexibility. I think the way things have come together for this with the fire theming has been quite fun to build. It's been fun to build. I think it's the biggest restriction we've had. Hmm. I'm just thinking because there's other things like a lot of people build half-orc barbarians just Mm -hmm. because you get the thing where you come back up with one hit point once a day you just defy death and that acts like a mini version of some of the stuff that you get you get at like stupidly high levels i'd rather take an earth genasi and i think with an earth genasi you could take any one of these auras and it would be thematic well, I'm not fully caught up with Campaign 3 of Critical Role, but uh, obviously Ashton Tallison's Barbarian, it's a custom Matt Mercer class, but on that he seems to be projecting some kind of aura, and depending on what Tallison rolls, Ashton gets a different type of aura mm. because of that. In a weird way, that's sort of like the Storm Herald thing, but instead of having this is the element that you're going for, you know, they're randomly rolling to I, see what I they get. I prefer the time. randomness. Yeah, the, the randomness would be more fun. The randomness does feel like it would be fun because, uh, again, Talison really seems to react to it as like, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> yeah. Okay. But again, Ashton is an Earth Genasi. Mm-hmm. So I haven't looked at what all of the Earth Genasi options are, but I mean, there's That's other, what I was gonna look there's up. other classes, their innate abilities might work better with a barbarian. Traits. You can move across difficult terrain without expending extra movement if you're using your walking speed on the ground or a floor. Mm-hmm. You know the Blade Wards can trip. You can cast it as a bonus action. Oh, that's pretty nice. Level 5, you just get past without trace. Mm. So I'm just imagining um, if you had your aura up and you had Blade Ward. You wouldn't because it's a spell. Mm. <laughs> that's true. I thought the same thing. I was yeah. like, yeah, and then you could half yeah, you the can't. damage. and No. I... And that that is a bit of a... 
And you can't it, stack resistances. It is part of the problem where there, there's a lot of these innate abilities function as spells or you know the such and such cantrip because the barbarian can't cast while raged, can't maintain concentration while raged. It means that there is a conflict with some of these abilities. Yeah. Or some of these innate abilities that manifest as spells and as cantrips. Would you play this character? The more I think about this character, the more I would play a barbarian with two levels in druid. I would definitely play. I do actually really like the fire genasi thing. I know it's not the best choice for the class, but I think with how it comes it's together, together with wildfire druid, I really like that. By the way, I looked through as many options as I could. There is no way to add the same thing that you get from the Tempest Domain Cleric. There's no other way to do it. I looked at mm. so many other things, and I think I looked through the dragon sorcery bloodlines. <laughs> I looked through everything, and it still comes out as like, no, it's still spell-based. Tempest is the only one that's like, lightning damage, fuck you. Yeah. And the other good thing about my build yeah. is if you do start upping your wisdom... You're going to be the only barbarian in existence who is not as likely to be mind controlled. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. There's, there's a bonus to that. Yeah. Okay. Next week, mm-hmm. we are making. I'm slightly excited for this. Okay. Thematically, sounds great. A rogue. Uh huh. A dark elf rogue. Ooh. A phantom dark elf rogue. Okay. By Dark Elf, is that what it's called in D&D, or is it Drow? Elf, sub-races, Dark Elf, Drow is in brackets. Okay, Dark Elf, Drow. Just to clarify, just in case there was like a a, a different one. You know, you should, because I don't know anything. And is this Mordekinenin, is this the, the, Legacy the, the, or... Legacy. Legacy. Straight okay. up Legacy, you can fuck off with anything else. Cool. There is no new version of Elf. There are other Elves that are now more than Canaan's. Mm. But this is just Elf. I did want to say, mm-hmm. we're four episodes away from the end of season one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone, for uh, listening to us waffle on about our terrible barbarians. Mm-hmm. I hope that this has enthused you, and I hope that you're looking forward to next week's Phantom Dark Elf Rogue. Yeah. That should be fun. I've already got some ideas. Yeah. Obviously, because I rolled, pre-rolled this and I've had it rattling around in my head for months. But we are coming to the end of season one. In four weeks. In four weeks. In four weeks. Please contact us on mm-hmm. at Bilderbard Pod mm-hmm. or at Bilderbard Pod on TikTok or the Bilderbard Workshop on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We can sometimes be found there. Yeah, in between. Uh, that is also at Bilderbard, even though nobody uses ads on Facebook. <laughs> and there is also a subreddit. There are links to all of these in the notes, or there should oh, wow. be. Yeah, there's notes. I usually put a little sarcastic remark and then a link to the race and a link to the subclass on D&D Beyond mm-hmm. so that if people want to, they can have the information. If they're at a no, PC, it, it they can... that on Spotify. Oh, I yeah. knew that. I yeah, just yeah. didn't know we had a subreddit. No, if you scroll down to the bottom, it's got the it's got all the, the links to the socials now. Please do that. Yeah. Are we revealing anytime soon the, the monetization plan to take over the world? There is a monetization plan that will be coming up. I'm watching the stats, and once we have more listeners, we will be uploading character sheets of these. In the last couple of weeks, we've been a little less precise on the construction because it sounds better. 
but the downside of that is that you don't see all of the technical construction of it so what we're hoping is to have a patreon with a pretty small mm-hmm. monthly donation and in exchange to that you'll get access to pdfs Every... exported from D beyond of the characters we're discussing yeah right i've got to come with a funny outro uh, what do you call a deer with no eyes? Fuck you, that's what you call him. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Build Bard Workshop with myself, Stephen, Simon, and Frodo the dog. All properties and settings belong to the relevant parties. Produced by Steve and Simon and edited by Simon. Music is Dancing at the Inn by Kevin MacLeod and is available at freepd.com. And remember, respect your elf before you wreck yourself. Firewolf. <laughs>